Welcome back, friends. This is episode two, so we're not dead yet. Coming at you live from neighborhood number five, hey. this is the Deadbeat Club. <laughs> if this is your first time with us, we're basically a musical book club where we sit down and discuss a different album every week. I'm Ryan Fine, and these are my cohorts. Preston Radke. And Graham Taylor. And? Oh, oh, and Burton, the dog. <laughs> Does Burton not have a last name? The dog. <laughs> All right. Listen, Graham. You, Listen. That's some good advice. I'll try and yes, do that. Yes, yes. Great start. So w- this week we're here to discuss the album known as Reflector. With a K. With a K. The fourth album by Montreal indie rock band Arcade Fire. They rose to fame in the mid-2000s on the strength of their influential debut album, Funeral. In 2010, they caught the attention of one young Ryan Fine with the <laughs> album The Suburbs which soon won the Grammy for Album of the Year. Coincidence? I think not. (laughs) In 2013, they released the critically acclaimed single Reflector, followed by an album of the same name. I personally was kind of slow to get into the album, but I saw them live on the tour for it, and it was probably one of the best concerts I've ever been to. And I've gotten more fond of the album as a whole since then, and I guess tonight we'll find out why. Um, Let's do a quick overview. Um, Preston... Ryan. What are your general thoughts about Reflector? <clears throat> well, admittedly, I wasn't I wasn't the hugest fan of Reflector coming into this um, little experiment. Um, quite frankly, I love I love Arcade Fire, I love the Suburbs, I love Neon Bible, I love Funeral, um, but Reflector is always kind of you know that ugly cousin that no one really likes that much, frankly. And when I listened to this, it well. I, it didn't change my opinion too much, but I actually grew to appreciate different parts of the album. So I like it a lot more than I did before, but it's still several several miles behind the other three. It's well, good stuff, but not the best stuff. Graham? Fair enough. Um, To be completely honest, uh, until this past week, I had not listened to the album all the way through. I listened to a bunch of the singles and more popular ones, and Casper. I liked them well enough. Normie. I know, right? I should not be leading this ever again. But doors over there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So I listened to it through it a few times, and I really, really liked it. Maybe that's a, maybe that's one too many reallys, but I thoroughly enjoyed it's it. Too late now. I, I liked what they were going for, but I do have some complaints, which I guess we'll dive into a little later. Yeah, absolutely. This is probably. I mean, like I said, I am fond of it. Um, it probably remains my least favorite Arcade Fire album, but simply because, well, Funeral is probably my second favorite album of all time, mm-hmm. behind only In Rainbows. Remember that it'll be on the pop quiz Wait, later. Who does that album? Is that is that, that is that's like Motorhead, only... isn't it? <laughs> uh, there's the door. Um, What's the doors? No, we have the a one and only Radiohead, of <laughs> oh. course. Um, yeah, there's a lot of songs on here that I really, really enjoy. Um, now, is that the proper amount of release for you, or is that one too many, really? Oh, well, there's several songs on here that I think are like 11 out of 10 amazing, so I would say that's the proper amount of release. They're, it's just not c- consistent, which is the only thing holding it back, in my opinion. The one thing that I really like about this album is it it's actually very different from other Arcade Firework. Um, it's a lot more... Firework. <laughs> It's a Please lot continue. more. Um, it's a lot more dancey. It's a lot more rhythmic. It's very obvious that Mr. James Murphy worked on this, which is a great thing because he's pretty much the best. 
Mm-hmm. And for those scoring at home, James Murphy is of LCD sound system fame and DFA fame. So, mm-hmm. so um, what do you guys think this album is about? Oh, Preston, you want to start? <clears throat> well, that's a tough one, Ryan. I think it's I. This this is gonna sound kind of like a broken record, but I think it's about loss. Um, I did some pre-podcast research, so. Okay. Oh, and I learned that some of the band members' relatives had died um, in writing this album. So I think in referencing some of the songs, it's about kind of feeling alone and desolation. I also know that Win Butler and Rajin, um, the super mm-hmm. couple driving this boat, um, <clears throat> they went back to her homeland of Haiti, and they just they did some recording there, but. Apparently, according to Wynn, it was just kind of a good time for him to kind of gain some perspective on life and realize that, I mean, he he lives in Montreal, so it's not exactly on the same level of, um, I don't want to say impoverishment, but it's a lot more, he has a lot more in Montreal than, than he has in Haiti, so mm. I think he got a lot more perspective, I guess. So I think that really shows throughout the album. Interesting. Kind of sounds like... Um... Kind of similar to the story with their first album, Funeral. Yeah, I was going to say, death seems to uh, drive them to make a lot of music. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, no, nah, I tend to agree with what you said. I do think that uh, the themes of isolation and loneliness are very, very present. Mm-hmm. And uh, overall, I think that uh, musically they went about a weird way to, uh, like, show that. But I think they did do it very well because it does tend to be... I can't think of really a slow, sad song on the album in a traditional sense, but it's ah. like it definitely comes across as well. We'll get there. Yeah, we can talk about that in a bit. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I picked up on some of that. Um, some of the bigger songs, I actually thought it was kind of like an okay computer style complaining about technology piece. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> go on okay so um you like they talk like obviously the album title is reflector they talk about reflectors and living in a reflective age which Mm -hmm. i think it's like yeah um like i'm talking to you like we're talking on the phone or we're texting but are we really talking Mm -hmm. to each other or we're talking to you through this podcast yeah but are we really it's meta man let's ask arcade fire (laughs) and then are they here (laughs) special guest arcade fire Oh, I, I wish. We caught their attention with our ultrasounds episode. <laughs> with our pilot. Pilot! Oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> oh. oh, as you were saying? There was also kind of like a theme running throughout it, which I kind of wanted to get your guys' opinion on, of, like, Greek mythology. Like, the yeah. Orpheus and Eurydice uh-huh. story. Is, is that really how it's pronounced? It's not, y- it's not Eurydice? Eur- no, Eurydice. it's not. <laughs> Man. That's how I've been taught. But, um, yeah, um, do we all, like, know the story? Does anybody want to be the history professor? I, Ryan, I think Ram and I know the story, but I think, yeah, I think you should discuss. I think you should be the professor. Tell us, Dr. Fine. (laughs) Okay, so for those of you who don't know the Orpheus story, basically, Orpheus is this, uh, musician. He plays the lyre. Hey, Orpheus. Hey. Oh, Orpheus. Hey. We're going to hey. get to that later. We're going to fight. Um, <laughs> Orpheus is in love with 
Eurydice, I don't remember if they're like married or whatever, but one day she gets bit by a snake and dies, and as it happens in Greek mythology, uh-huh. so <laughs> time. he's he's not dealing with this very well, and he's he's like, okay, I'm gonna go to the underworld and I'm gonna go pick her up, <laughs> and so he does, hey, and no. he goes he goes down to the, he goes down to Hades, <gasps> and. Oh, what? Regine. Go on. Hades. Oh. Ah, uh, it was terrible. Uh, that was a horrible joke. Anyway, um, so then Orpheus is told that he can have her back, as and sh- when they leave the underworld, she will follow him, but he can't look back. He has to just trust that she's there, but mm-hmm. he looks back, and then he loses her forever. Oh, that's not even the saddest part. The, the official rules were that they both have to make it to the surface, then he can look at her. But he makes it to the surface, looks back, and forgets, oh, crap, she's supposed to be here, too. Oh. So, yeah, even more tragic. The folly of Orpheus. (laughs) Uh, All right. So, yeah, there's a couple tracks that reference that um, myth throughout this album. You get um, Awful Sound and It's Never Over, both having, like, subtitles Mm -hmm. um, referring to that. So, I guess my question is, what's the relevance of that, do you guys think? Um, honestly, I think it's just, I think it's just dealing with, it's kind of going back to the idea of loss and kind of when you trust someone and when either they betray your trust or just life interferes and just kind of having to deal with the psychological impacts of that, um, getting invested in something so, so deeply and then either because of death or just because of circumstance, something, something changes and just how you have to cope with that. But I really like the use of the Greek mythology. I think it's. It it feels different, but it also doesn't. But I also like it, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's really much more I can add to that. But the themes of Greek mythology and especially the story are definitely important to the album, especially seen as the cover uh, artwork for the album is supposed to be Eurydice and Orpheus. Yeah, the statue of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely like the life and death sort of um, counterparts um, is a big thing with that. I think. All right, and my last um, general question about the album oh boy. is about the general format. It's a double album. Do you, oh do you think that worked? Okay. Do you think it didn't? How Graham, did you feel? I know you have strong thoughts on this. I, I also, do. but I, I, if you want the floor, it's yours. I shall take the floor from under your feet, and I thank you very much for that. Hey. Gotcha. Uh, double album. Uh, sometimes they work, but in this case, I do not think it really – I don't think it really works because – in my opinion, the the first half, the first CD is probably probably the weaker of the two. Breach. And, Breach. Um, honestly, I was listening to this again last night, and uh, about halfway through the first CD, <laughs> I must have fallen asleep because I uh, woke up sometime in the middle of a uh, super symmetry. I did not remember <laughs> anything in between, so I think being a double album definitely did not work towards the strength of the album. Uh. That being said, how they set it up structurally, I think, is really interesting. Starting out with the second CD with almost like a, a reprise and then continuing continuing from there. So I see what they were going for. I just don't think it was executed uh, as well as it could have been. You know, Graham, I really agree with you, frankly. I, I love everything on the second half of the album. I like some stuff on the first half, which is weird because when I, <coughs> when I listened to this the first time, those like two, three years ago, 
I really liked the first half, and the second half I thought was just kind of, you know, this could have ended after track seven. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> think that they stuck most of their more immediate mm-hmm. songs on the first album, and all the growers, I think, were kind of on the second one, so as the years have gone by, I've definitely come to appreciate the second one more than the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, now that's kind of the general overview section. Let's get into the individual songs, and I guess we kind of have settled into our system where um, we're going to be giving out two of our awards. Um, (laughs) Each of us is going to be giving a a gold star for our favorite song on the album and a rotten egg for our least favorite song on the album. (laughs) Now, um, let's get into it with a little explanation, I guess. There is an untitled track before, um, like, in the pre-gap on the CD version of this album. Mm-hmm. Like, if you start the album and rewind it, then you can hear the untitled track. But none of us are too familiar with it, I don't think. But it's, like, reverse samples of songs from the album in general. I think that is kind of a thing that contributes to the reflection. Uh-huh. Hey! Yeah. With a K. Yeah, with a K. With a K, then. Obviously. <laughs> Gotta keep specifying that. Mm-hmm. Special K. People, lest we forget. People might get confused. <laughs> the other Reflector album. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's get into the meat. Um, yum. Yum. <laughs> the, the first track is the lead single and title track, Reflector. Who, who wants to? Preston. Yeah, I, um, I really like this song. It's probably... My second or third favorite song on this side of the album. Um, I really love the piano part at about five and a half through the song. It was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I really dug the nonsensical voices that were coming through shortly before that. And it was nice to hear uh, Mr. Bowie rip on there. Oh. Um, I At first, when I first listened to this a few years ago, I was like, huh, I don't know when Butler sounded like David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> and then my research is like, oh, oh it says that David Bowie's on here. Yeah, as we know, <laughs> this there explains a lot. Yeah. There is only one person who sounds like David Bowie, and Win Butler is not is not that one person. No, no, no it no. would be David Bowie himself. <laughs> well, not anymore, but oh, um, oh, it's too soon. Come on, <laughs> it's been a rough year. I know. I really like the use of the horns, um, and of course, I love to love to hear some French wee wee good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How much more French do you know? Is that the extent of your French knowledge? I know the French equivalent of the S word. Oh, oh. we probably that shouldn't we say that then. We are not going to say slosh, of course. Slosh, slosh of course. Anyway. Je suis une baguette. Ooh. <laughs> some, there's some good, good progression in this song. I liked that a lot. Um, there are some echoes, some very distant echoes of one James Murphy, the hence the bounciness, but not not huge echoes, not like other, other songs. So, Mr. Graham Taylor, uh, if you will. I will. Oh. Uh, I believe I've mentioned this before, but I'm always a sucker for dual vo- dual vocals, mm. and this mm-hmm. song definitely, you know, sticks to that. With uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Win. Win and <laughs> Regine. Regine. Win and Regine. Thank you. Yeah, with Win kind of lead kicking the song off, and then Regine coming in during the pre-chorus, and it just I don't know. It's a good way to start off the album. You know, puts a What's the phrase I'm looking for? Doesn't pull out of punches. You know, they come out with a very... Yeah, it was safe. Very, it was safe. was yeah. safe. They put it, Bowie on there. It, it was just... 
kind of it was bouncier than previous Arcade Fire stuff, but I think it sounded similar enough to stuff off of Suburbs, which I think was cool because it was the lead single, and you know you want to reel in those kind of casual Arcade Fire people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see the comparison to like the Suburbs and stuff with like mm-hmm. the pianos and stuff that came at the end. It sounds pretty Suburbs, but also. I also thought this was kind of a huge change of pace for the band because it's electronic, which mm-hmm. is something mm-hmm. they had never really done before. And um, they used a lot of, like, bleep bloop. And, um, <laughs> but they didn't stop with, like, all the other interesting in- in- instrumentation, like the saxophones and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think this is one of the best songs on the album. It's definitely one of the epic dance jams, like, inspired by, like, New Order and whatever. Um it's a good song. Yeah. It's a really good song. good song. Reflector does really encompass that whole large range of instrumentation. And it's yeah. long. Mm-hmm. It's a good intro to the album. Kind of sums it up. It's really hard to not like this song. I know. Yeah. It's it's great. Um, is that all we got to say? Let's move on to... I guess so. The second track, We Exist. We do. Um, I guess I'll start off... Um. I liked this song. I I didn't really necessarily like it as much as Reflector. I really liked the lyrics, actually. I really love it. kind of cliche, but I love the walking around, head full of sound. That's I really like the lyrics. I really like the imagery there. Um, the bass line is pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> the I kind of like the electro, the electronic sound kind of in the bridge. That was pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I honestly feel like this song was maybe a bit too long, quite frankly. Um it was all right. It's not my favorite song. Um, when Butler, in my opinion, sounded a bit like Morrissey towards the end. Um, I'll get you guys' thoughts on that. So, mm. not too emotional about this song. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like this is kind of that we'll see this a lot on the first CD, in my opinion. But this is kind of one of the songs that was kind of just there. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel too strong about it either way. But uh, it did have some interesting lyrics. Like you said, it was kind of. And all the na na nas mm-hmm. can never go wrong with na na nas. Usually, yeah. All right. Well, that's <laughs> perfectly fine. All right, let's go. Um, <laughs> and here's this, why I'm wrong. This is this is my gold star of the album. This is my Whoa. favorite song on the album. Whoa. Let's get uh, all right. Let's get the uh, similarities out of the way. First of all, that baseline does sound like Billie Jean. Every time I turn <laughs> it on, everyone's like, "Oh, I didn't know you like Michael Jackson this much." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this you is don't. my favorite. This is my favorite song on the album. It's like groovy, but like also kind of angry. It's like an angry solidarity song, and then like it kind of builds up. Like at the end, it's suddenly like somebody hits a switch, and the most intense moment of the album happens. It just like it goes is. all yeah, like dark that. and yes. stuff, and suddenly it's like a protest song, and I love that about it. If I'll jump in, I really. I have to admire Arcade Fire. They do a lot of um, drastic changes in their songs. One that really jumps mm-hmm. out is um, Black Wave, Good Vibration, off mm-hmm. a previous album. So I really do admire that. You could really kind of see the juxtaposition in this song as well. They did okay, kind Ryan, of a, your turn. They did kind of an, also a similar thing on Month of May from their previous mm-hmm. album where they like at the end it suddenly becomes kind of creepy. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That's a trick they're good at. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, Is that it? I like it a lot. You want any more? You out of bullets? 
I'm kind of <laughs> out of bullets. Oh, it's he, all right. He I just love this song a lot. I just like I can like punch walls to this song, or if apparently punch me because <laughs> I have yeah, terrible opinions. I could I could punch either of you too. Like oh, you don't you I don't. Guess I, I guess I should move because I'm <laughs> right next to Ryan. I'm separated by at least a little bit of distance. You're both wrong go. about this song, and I hate you for that. I mean, we're probably wrong about our favorite songs too, but probably um, we can get to that. So uh, the next song is Flashbulb Eyes. Uh, which one of you has this as your uh, favorite song? I don't, but it is up there, um, honestly. And honestly, the reason why it's up there is I really like the chorus. Um, admittedly, I didn't really like the reverb. I don't think it worked that well with his voice. However, I did think the very beginning, the very int- the beginning of the song, the intro sounded a lot like the intro to, intro to Losing My Edge of LCD Sound System. Um, quite frankly, and this is going to get real annoying, so you can blame Ryan for this. I will reference James Murphy or LCD <laughs> Sound System a lot tonight because, as you avid listeners will know, they are in my top five favorite bands of all oh, yeah. time. They're great. Oh, boy. They are awesome. So I, I really like this song, like the chorus. Um, the, there's good atmosphere in here. Um, it's, this feels like, like a legit party album, party anthem by them. It's good. They had a good transition also. Honestly, the core, going back to the chorus, it really got stuck in my head for hours on end after hearing it. So good job by them. I mean, just doing it now is going to get flashbulb, flashbulb eyes stuck (laughs) in between my ears. Mm -hmm. You know what's in between your ears, Preston? Your eyes. So maybe... Those flashbulb oh, eyes, flash eyes supposed to you know, represent you got, you got, you light got nothing bulb. to hide. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the course of the song was definitely the best part of the mm. song. It's it is catchy, it is in earworm, but I don't know. I I don't think that the rest of the song is kind of uh, I don't want to say unremarkable because hey, no. it's not unremarkable, but I do like the word it unremarkable. So I'm gonna say but unremarkable. it's kind of unremarkable, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you uh, guys are foolish. But whatever. Ryan See, this is why I picked this, this album. Man, I cannot believe you did this to us. <laughs> uh, tearing this family apart. We are what three songs in? Oh yeah, it only it only gets better. When we start awarding more awards, uh, the colors will really come out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good chorus. Uh, not too much else worth listening to. Um. Yeah, I briefly consider giving this my rotten egg, but um, <laughs> you a rotten egg like at your head. Basically, I think it's, I don't know, I I don't know where I got this from, but I think it's kind of unremarkable. Um, I think you got I don't, that word from me. I just said like five times. We don't play drums Oh, here. you know, <laughs> I think you might be right. Anyway, I didn't really actually dislike it, but it's a bit weird in their catalog. I it thought it was kind of repetitive. Them, Like in the verses, the main line is, what if the cameras really do take your soul? <laughs> and they just kind of go with that. And I guess there's like some myth about the cameras, like when you, they take a picture, then it takes your soul. I don't know. Could have been more creative. Worth a thousand words. Although I will say, when if you had seen this on the reflector tour, you would know. Um, How was this live? Oh, it was awesome. Can you actually write <laughs> great concert? Can you maybe like comment on when you're talking about these songs? Just comment how they were live, because I'm actually really interested to hear. Yeah, how I plan on translated. it. Um, Reflector and We Exist were both mm-hmm. incredible, as you might imagine, <laughs> but they were also kind of done typically. But they did some really interesting things with some of these, which I will go over. Um, like with flashbulb eyes, um, people would be like videotaping with their phones, um, 
and Wynn would literally take their phones from them <laughs> and use it to, like, tape the audience or, like, take a selfie or something. That's pretty fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, So that was really creative. And I'm glad you did ramp the, uh, the line, what if the cameras really do take your soul? Because I did want to mention that it kind of does really tie with those themes of uh, the internet being this, you know, machine that connects us and separates us. Oh, yeah. This is definitely it, one of the ones where I thought it, about that. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's an unremarkable song, unremarkable song in my opinion, but that line does add to the overall album. All right. Um, here comes the nighttime, Preston. <clears throat> well, I it, I will say it was completely different. Um, I really thought it was cool how they just, it started out real fast. Like, it was brilliantly mm-hmm. fast. Like, felt like Usain Bolt. It was cool. And then Usain Bolt <laughs> pulled oh. a hammy or something. Oh. Got real small. Man. Not that that's a bad thing. Can't wait for us Not that that's a bad thing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I kind of honestly had, I liked the potential that this song showed in the beginning. I would have loved to see how it would have turned out if they kept up that pace. Um, it was cool. Um, I really, I'm really kind of interested to get your guys' thoughts on having the crowd in the beginning. Quite frankly, um, the piano part was pretty interesting. It was mm-hmm. kind of yeah. out of the blue. I did like the lyrics a lot. The lyrics were pretty spot on. Good progression. The atmosphere, once it got slow, made it feel very nighttime-esque. Um, but fortunately, towards the end, I guess nighttime ended and running like the bolt <laughs> happens again. So mm-hmm. sped up. I like I like the ambition of this song. I just wish it would have kept at that really fast pace. Honestly, this would have received my um, rotten oh my egg. God. However, there is a diff- there's another song on this album, very, very similar to this song. I'm not going to say which one. It's very similar to the song that did receive my rotten egg. Graham Taylor. Oh, okay. If you please. So, so I'm going to agree with you that I love the intro. It's in my notes. Uh, lo- quote, love the intro and three exclamation points. So I really do like that part, but whereas you kind of fell off, you said you kind of didn't like it when it started to slow down. That's correct. I actually really kind of like that, which is like the droning bass line and then mm-hmm. the percussion mm-hmm. kind of builds up to the other instruments and then it fades away again and keeps kind of repeating that uh, pattern until, again, as the song progresses and kind of picks up speed again, which I really appreciate. And of the two uh, Here Come the Night time songs, uh, I definitely prefer this one over the second one. You so, don't say. So just take that into consideration. <laughs> All right, I will. Um, anyway, here comes the nighttime. Um, I think I can definitely see where either of you are coming from. I know this is kind of a divisive song. I think it's it has its strengths and weaknesses. I'm not. It's not one of my favorites on the album by far. Um, the parts of the song, like the fast part and the slow part, I don't know that they necessarily fit together, especially with mm-hmm. the hard tempo shift. Um, and also when I hear, like, the Caribbean influence in the music, I can't help but think back to Haiti from their first album and think mm-hmm. they've done it better. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that song. But I do need to talk about this song live because they opened with it when I saw them, and it's absolutely incredible because at that point where it becomes fast again and the energy just suddenly kicks in yeah they release just tons of confetti into oh. the audience it was surreal the i was met- down like <laughs> right in the front it was like 
living in an, another world. And, it was incredible. And that's how they that's how they start the the, the concert. Yeah, by... that, they start. Okay, here's the thing. The second song that they played was "Wake Up," which oh, all of, of you have heard, even if you don't know, you've heard it. You've definitely heard it. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so they they kind of brought out the energy like right away. Yeah, but then you're covering confetti for the rest of the night. <laughs> I know it was. <laughs> but great. still, at that point, I don't think you'd even be mad. I actually got like hit in the face by a bunch of confetti because I was standing right <laughs> in front of the thing. But it's whatever. I was okay with that. Um, <laughs> let's move on to normal person. I really like this song. Actually, it's probably my favorite song on this side of the album. Um. Good pairing of the beat and the piano. Good stuff. This song really... I hate to just sound brutish. This song really rocks. <laughs> like it gets That's real true. hard and heavy, and I love it. This is probably the hardest um, Arcade Fire song I've heard in a real long time. Probably ever. And it's just... It really works. I don't know if they should do more of this or just save it for special occasions. Like, uh, once... You know, it's, it's a good time. Um, Regine's part's pretty great. I like the... I like the classic line, I've never met a normal person like you like you. That's me. <laughs> I feel like I'm part of the part of the experience here. That is a line. Uh-huh. Yes. I I do like that line. It's a good line, it's a good line. Um I don't know. I guess the only thing I don't like is I don't really like Wynn's talking in the beginning. It just seems a little I don't know, it just seems a little forced. But other than that, it's a great song and I highly suggest that you guys say that it's your favorite song on this side of the album. Oh. Well, I don't know if I can or will do that, but I will say it is a good song. I do enjoy it. And I, That's nice. you, you're right when you say it rocks. Cause this is uh, the song where I put in my notes uh, to talk about that guitar. You know the one. This is that <laughs> yes. song. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So It comes like that. It comes in the chorus. It's I, just like pure like rock and roll. Well, not pure rock and roll, but I'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. I do implore anyone listening at home to li- listen to the song because then when you hear the g- guitar, you will know what I'm talking about. Do you like rock and roll music? Oh, I don't know <laughs> if I do. <laughs> yeah, I, that's all I really wanted to point out about this song is that guitar. I thought it was interesting because I I loved this song oh. when I first heard it. Um, Like, you know, it is very rock, like rock. it's heavy rock. I literally wrote the word rock in all caps with exclamation point. I found the song to be actually like highly, highly satirical, which I don't think Arcade Mm -hmm. Fire has done before. Like it's just kind of like making fun of rock and roll culture by making a A heavy, like ham-fisted rock song. But I like it if I don't take it seriously. And I don't think you're supposed to take it seriously. So like, why would you? Mm -hmm. Um so I like it. I have a good time with this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You already know. You already know. Yeah. Preston already knows. Mm-hmm. Of course. The um, song is called "You Already Know." Just for those following along. Uh, I I don't know. I wasn't too emotional about the song either, positive or negative. Um, I guess good energy. Mm-hmm. I, I well, actually, that's probably the best thing about it. I feel like this song would be great live. Was it great live, Ryan? They did they play it? I think. They did, but it was. It I was guess it wasn't apparently, yeah, it wasn't that good. Um, I, it would have been a good time if they did. But <laughs> that was three years ago. Um, I liked Regine's echo. That was pretty cool. I liked that a lot. Um, I gotta say though, guys, how insecure is Arcade Fire? They need to have someone saying that they're the fantastic Arcade Fire. Oh yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Did they have someone say that at the concert? I wonder. 
Oh, well, <laughs> many people were. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it's what the audience is there for. Yeah, so like I said, it, it's a mediocre song, frankly. I wasn't too married to it. I was still admittedly getting over a normal person. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa that really rocked. That was oh, so... Oh, 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 I forgot something really important. Oh, 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 please so there's this, there's this, the only really big gripe I have with normal person is this one line. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, let me... I think I'm cool enough, but am I cruel enough? Like, as in to be a normal person. Um, like, just honestly, it's just, I know this is supposed to be, like, tongue firmly in cheek, but that's that's not that's, a good line. That's crossing That's crossing the line, you might say. They're so, yeah. they're so good lyrically, but that time is kind of a swing and a miss. I know, like, this is the band that wrote Crown of Love. They yes. can do better than that. Yeah, ignore that. Ignore that line and just enjoy the rest of the song. That's all I got for. You already know. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way about you already know as I did. Uh, we exist in flashball buys. It's there. It kind of just adds to the length. I think I did like the peppy atmosphere it brought to the table mm-hmm. and the energy. Mm-hmm. Was, you know, very uh, much in contrast to normal people, but person. normal person. Thank you. It's singular, bro. I know. It's just one guy, just one normal person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it contrasted that very well, but again, it was just kind of there, I think. Yeah, I think if this wasn't a double album, I would be very okay with this. And um, I'm still okay with it. I think it's a fun song. I think it's kind of underrated even. Um, it's just a kind of cool song about how you feel bad because you're wasting all your time. Um, and you should feel bad. Um hmm <laughs> But other than that, there's not much that makes it jump out. It's just there. But it's, I mean, I like it when it's on. I just. Mm, I don't know. I think I like it a lot more when I hear it. But afterwards, when I think about it, it's like, eh. I don't know. It was all right, I guess. Yeah. That great. All right. And to close out our discussion of the first, um, the first CD, Joan of Arc. What do you think about Joan of Arc, Preston? Um. I like the symbolism. <laughs> symbolism. Um, frankly, I think the song is too long. All right, there it is. It's out there. The <laughs> intro is kind of neat. But, Punk rock. Yeah. Right. This wasn't. This wasn't my least favorite song, but I mean, it's probably my third to third to the bottom, I guess. And the weird thing is, when I first listened to this album, oh, those three or so years ago, I kind of liked the song, and I do like the fact that these. The Joan of Arc symbolism. Um, it kind of goes back to not necessarily Greek mythology, but it kind of shows that they're diverse because they can talk about Greek mythology. They can talk about the Renaissance. So, <laughs> I mean, that's cool. But the, the song itself, yeah. Graham. See, I actually really kind of haven't liked the song. I think it really closed out the. It. It was a strong way to end the first half of the album. Nice way to end the first CD. Um, I don't know. I don't think it really went on too long. I think the whole album kind of goes on too long. Oh. So, <laughs> so I mean, it being a long song doesn't really affect the rest of it that much. Yeah. Eh, I I liked it a lot more than a lot of the other stuff on the first half. Yeah. But it definitely, uh, I think it, it's a good way to lead into the better part of the album, in my opinion. 
Yeah, well, okay, here's the thing. This is one of the best songs on this album, um, and there's nothing you can say about that. Uh, the punk rock <laughs> intro is super cool. <laughs> Love it. Well, that's, Just like, well, that's true. Headbanging mm-hmm. along, one mosh pit, whatever. Which you normally don't do to... Arcade Fire, I feel like. <laughs> no, yeah. you usually don't do that in an Arcade Fire concert. But, but I'm glad that we now have the opportunity to. And also the thing, like, I think it's a really cool song from beginning to end. The length, like, it may, that may be the one thing about this song that gets to me. But since it's such a good song, I forgive that. Um, my favorite part of the song is probably the bridge where... It's, like, really intense. Regine has these layered, reverby vocals, mm-hmm. and almost all of it is in French, which oui, oui. really, for those of us who don't speak French, really pulls attention to the last line of it, and if you shoot, you better hit your mark, which I think is a great line. <laughs> Poor Mark. Great line. Yeah. Well, I don't know who Mark is, but... Mark Hoppus? Like, uh, okay. Well, maybe. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't mind if it was him. Oh, my. Just kidding. Stop picking fights with all these musicians, <laughs> man. No one's ever going to be on our show. But I love this song. I think it's a great way to close out the first half. And um, now that we've closed out the first half, let's go on. Mm-hmm. Um, the second album of this double album starts out with Here Comes the Nighttime 2. Oh, boy. Preston, what did you think? Okay, so I'm going to teach you guys a, a life lesson right here. So get your education hats hats on. Are they on? They're firmly it's in place. Okay, good. On. All right. Make sure they don't cover your ears so you can still hear me talk. What was that? <laughs> there are many things in life that should not have a sequel. <laughs> One of them is Legally Blonde and Legally Blonde 2. Legally Blonde, excellent movie, and I don't mind saying that <laughs> to the entire world. Legally Blonde 2, hot garbage. <laughs> Here Comes the Nighttime was not that good. Here Comes the Nighttime 2 was not that good times a few exponents, <laughs> quite frankly. Let me just start with the things I do like. I like the electronicness of the song. I don't know if that's a word, but it is tonight. Um, I think add a new element to them, to Arcade Fire. Um, the lyrics were, I guess they're okay, but quite frankly... I got tired of hearing Here Comes the Nighttime over and over and over and over and over again. It got a bit annoying. The instrumentation was pretty good, but it's just, I didn't need this, frankly. I love the second half of this album, but this was like, this was not good. I, yeah. It's bad. Have, have you given away your Rotten Egg Award yet? Is it going Graham, to the song? Seriously, if I could give out, <laughs> like, 12 rotten eggs. No, no, it should be <laughs> rotten egg one and rotten egg ii. Man. Just to just to kind of let this song know how much I disdain. Wow. It. It's it's really not that good. Man, I almost want to disagree with you. But you can't. Wait, hold on. I I almost want to disagree with you cuz you keep trying to drag down here comes the night part 1. Well, not part 1, but the first one, which I liked. The better but, one. But I can't entirely disagree. Here comes the night 2 just feels unnecessary mm-hmm. I like the first one and mm-hmm. like I said earlier I kind of like what they were trying to do structuring the album and having like this very blatant callback but yeah, I don't think it really works I'm not a big fan of it just get to Eurydice and Dice Eurydice uh, Orpheus already mm. oh. let the people have what they want all right, so um, I think on the 
on their previous album, The Suburbs, they kind of did this mm-hmm. experimenting with sequels like that, that you did Half-Light 1 and Half-Light 2, and Half-Light 2 was much better. Um, you did Sprawl and Sprawl 2. Sprawl oh, 2 was so much good. better. And this is no exception. Here Comes the Nighttime <laughs> 2 is better than Here Comes the Nighttime 1. <laughs> Come on, guys. Like, okay, Here Comes the Nighttime, it's not bad. It has its moments. But, like, it sounds so peppy, and I'm, like, having such a hard time believing that the nighttime is coming. I just want to dance and, like, absorb all the confetti around me. <laughs> um, Here Comes the Nighttime 2. Um, it sounds very cold, kind of because of the bleep bloop. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the really subtle kind of instrumentation. And it just sounds more like nighttime to me. I think it fits more, and it's a good intro well here's the thing it does sound like nighttime you know what you do at nighttime you usually sleep and that's what you should do when this song comes on well to be fair i love to sleep but you you would not that's probably when graham fell asleep right graham no i fell asleep way before this (laughs) (laughs) okay probably during flashbulb eyes i I, what What? i didn't say anything can we can we like forget, just forget about this? Move on. Yeah, let's. Um, <laughs> oh boy. So the next song is "Awful Sound." Oh, you're a DJ. Um, I am. N- no, you're not. <laughs> I like the song a lot, actually. It's much better than that slosh before. Oh, I'm supposed to forget. Um, <laughs> oh my god. I love the drum. What were you talking about again? That's right. I like the beat, the electro beat, starting about the two minute mark of this song. Um, I really like the Greek mythological references in this song. It's a good time. Um, I really dig the kind of drum-initiated change, kind of not exactly towards the middle of the song, but kind of getting towards the middle of the song. I thought it sounded like an airplane, frankly, later on when he was talking about, like, um, he was talking about, like, hitting the ground, and then you hear this sound that almost sounds like an airplane taking off, so I thought that was Love a bit that part. ironic. Uh-huh. It's great stuff. Um, I like this song a lot. I kind of feel like Arcade Fire may have written this song to sound like old Arcade Fire, but I don't think it I necessarily agree. sounds like it, but it's still a very good song. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people may say that this song is too long, but I think they're wrong. I think it's a perfect length. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think with uh, this one, Awful Sounds, uh, Oh, You're a DJ, uh, and then followed by It's Never Over, Hey... Uh, Orpheus. Hey, Orpheus. <laughs> I think these two are probably the strongest songs lyrically on mm-hmm. the album. And like you said, it almost isn't like the style of older arcade, arcade yeah. fire, but with like their newer sound that came from uh, the Reflector album as a whole. And I really appreciate that a lot. It, it you know, brings the strength of their previous works, but adds in this almost entirely new sound, this right. Haitian-inspired upbeat dance rock and I, don't know, I just love these two songs so much they're so good yeah mm-hmm. it's a fantastic pair i definitely think this was kind of the closest example to classic arcade fire storytelling mm-hmm. um where this narrator is kind of born in a little town and um there's this awful sound which is kind of interpreted <laughs> however um I think 
I think I heard that this was the one where James Murphy was actually most involved with the production, which is interesting. Um, the chorus is really anthemic, I think, almost like a Beatles song in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really love that build, build up to uh, the second chorus or whatever chorus it is, mm-hmm. where there's that like big swelling. Like you hear this like little ringing sound and it just suddenly builds up to like some horrible cacophony of electronic noise. And like it just cuts off right before that verse ends and you the drum fill comes in and the chorus comes back. It's so great. I rose to a new level of appreciation for this song, like listening for this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And I definitely think that part before that definitely represents this like awful sound of the title. And I think that's super clever. Uh-huh. And I forgot to mention this, but I really wanted to point out the uh, lyric. We know that there's a price to pay for love in the reflective age. Yeah, which yeah. Which is just like, <laughs> there are the themes of this album just right there. Yeah. This is what it's about. And, oh, I just love that. I just love those lines. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I assume, well, I hope we're keeping the positive vibes going. Oh, you know it. Yeah, baby. Let's go. Um, it's never over. Hey, Orpheus. Excuse me? Are you talking to me? Yes. Oh, Orpheus. Oh, is your name Orpheus? Oh, okay. I thought it was, because for some reason, I thought it was called It's Never Over. Oh, Orpheus. Well, you'd be wrong. Oh, okay. My apologies. Um, no, not oh. Hey. Hey. Um, <laughs> I have to say, I have to bring back a, a character from our not-so-distant past, James Murphy. Who? Heck hey. Yeah. Haven't he heard that very, name tonight? He very apparent on this song. James Murphy. The lyri- I haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the lyrics of this song and the beat of this song and the length of this song really just reeked of, in a good way, Mr. <laughs> James Murphy. This song sounded very 80s-esque in a great way. It's, it was also very experimental. I really like this song. This was probably my second favorite song. Not on this side, but on the whole entire album. Oh, okay. It was it was awesome. I I loved it. I really loved it. It's a little weird, but also a lot great. It's a great time. You should... You should make this your second favorite song on this particular album. Okay, but Preston, what if I told you I was making this my favorite song of the oh, album? Oh, Graham, I with, can live with your oversight. With, with the Gold Star oh, Award. Oh, we oh. got a gold star. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. Where's, where's the confetti? Oh, oh, oh watch know. out. It's going to hit your face. <laughs> but yeah, I just, coming straight after uh, Oh, You're a Dice, which... You're a Dice. First time I heard... You're a, you're a, you're a Dice. <laughs> Stop. But the first time I first time I was listening through this this week, I was like, "Oh man, I don't think there's anything that can top this song." And then, there was. "Hey Orpheus," I'm like, "Okay, Orpheus, you have a shot here." And then, man, Orpheus ran with it, and he might not have won in his myth. <laughs> uh, he might have lost the girl, but he won my heart with this song. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, this song is kind of like in two sections, like one really kind of epic rock. Um, one kind of like epic rock section, one like down section, which is lovely too. But I have to give it to the first section because of this monster riff that just like pervades the entire <laughs> thing. Honestly, this riff may be like one of the absolute highlights mm-hmm. of the entire album. Oh, yeah. It could like destroy villages. This riff could <laughs> defeat the Kraken. This this riff is massive and powerful, could, and we should all be afraid of it. Could this riff bring Eurydice back from the dead? <gasps> oh, it could. Bottle that, baby. <laughs> oh, hey. Bottle that. <laughs> oh. Bottle that now. Yeah, I also love the, like, 
kind of I don't even know how to describe it, but like the shouted vocals, the "Hey Orpheus," mm-hmm. I thought it in a norm. If it, this was any other band, that would have sounded completely out of place. But Arcade Fire just made it work. Man, I don't know French. how. They're French. I just I, I'm loving the pure joy on your face right now. It's so fun to look at. It's, I know it's brightening my. This day. is one of the definite like 11 out of 10 mm-hmm. songs on the album. This this song makes the album entirely worth it. Yeah, I love this. All right, let's move on to. The track that really um, surprised me when the track list was released and I hadn't heard it yet. I was like, really? Arcade Fire has a song called Porno Now? <laughs> Preston, what did you think of porno? I love porno! Oh, oh quoted for truth. <laughs> it's the best song on the album. It's so good. It's so different. Again, James Murphy. Just I feel like I don't have to say more. Just James Murphy. The electricness. Awesome! Favorite, it's, it's, I, I, I wish Arcade Fire, I can't get the words out, guys. I, I wish Arcade Fire <laughs> would do more stuff like this. It's so experimental. It's so different. Remember that joy that was on my face a second uh-huh. ago? It's, it's, it was so good. I think it's kind of interesting that this comes right after two songs about a guy who loses a girl. And I hope he didn't go to porn to fill the <laughs> void. But I don't care. You know, he should, he should have gone to the song to fill the void. Because seriously, I could... I mean, I can't, but I could seriously understand someone loving this song more than any girl. But that's just a joke. That is just a joke. This song is so You hear that, ladies? You don't got a chance with Preston until you can beat porno. Oh, my God. This song is so awesome. I wish... I Actually, no. I don't wish there were more like this because if there are more songs like this, then porno wouldn't be as great. Graham, did you uh, feel the same? Oh, oh, wait. I I have one more thing. I, I think one gripe I had... I wish it was spelled more French-like with an E-A-U at the end. What about uh, E-A-U-X? <gasps> oh. Mind blow. <laughs> oh, it's Graham. so good. Graham, how did you feel about this song? Well, he stole my joke of me saying I like porno. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it's a great song. It's, it's the best. I, again, won't go that far. There's The two songs that uh, preface this one are, I think, better. But, I mean... This kind of just continues the trend of, like, three in a row really great songs, and this is the reason why I like the song. Five in a row, better. to be perfectly fair. Can I add one more thing? You can't interject. I, can. There's one lyric that I, I'm not going to say love, because that may give you a hint to what the lyric is. It says, love is real. Love is like a disease. <laughs> good lyric, deep. I'm not, I mean, it's just, ah, it's so good. It's, <laughs> It's like that uh, Gang of Four line. Um, the, it, well, it's from a song called Love Like Anthrax, you know? <laughs> um, that's something you don't want to catch. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't like it near as much as Preston does, but I... Sorry, bro. I do really, really like it. Do you share our opinion, Mr. Fine? I think it's a respectable song. I, I like it a lot. It actually took a while to kind of come into its own in my mind just because the title threw me off so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was weird, but eventually I came around to, like, finding out that it's kind of more of a song complaining about the modern world and how people are obsessed with uh, the Internet to find love or whatever. But not mm-hmm. to find a podcast. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, I think I've... Uh, realized that Arcade Fire on this album kind of uses the bleep bloop 
to uh, symbolize <laughs> their songs complaining about technology <laughs> in the modern world. Um, the modern age. Yeah. Oh, also, there's this r- really amazing um, string gap between, like, the first chorus and the second verse. And I thought that was the best part of the song. I like this song. Um, <laughs> okay. I like it. <laughs> oh. That's all I have to say. Come on, this is the most we've agreed all night. Just let us say At least we're all on the same side It's kind of sad, of actually. Well, I guess... We we agreed about those two songs that yeah. are just kind of unambiguously great. And the question, of course, will we continue to agree or shall we be split once more? I highly doubt that. Preston, what do you think of Afterlife? Um, I gotta say, it's a little weird to hear an Arcade Fire song after hearing a few that don't that aren't Arcade Fire songs. <laughs> if you catch my drift. I, I kind of see what okay, you're saying. You, kind you're, of. You're smoking I don't really. I don't really I, pick I, up what you put down. I see what you're coming from. I don't smell from. what don't the rock is I cooking. Agree. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like this song is kind of typical to previous Arcade Fire stuff, which isn't bad. It's, honestly, I feel like the beginning of this sounds very similar to um, at, to Reflector, actually, especially the the drum intro in the beginning. Um, it, was a, it was a good song. Um, it was good for Arcade Fire. It wasn't overly um, experimental. I, th- I didn't think. I thought the instrumentation and the lyrics and the vocals are really cool. The structure was awesome. The chorus is pretty great. Um, this is probably my fourth or fifth favorite song on the album. I know it sounds like it's not my favorite, um, but it was it was good. It was solid. It's it's hard to follow up porn O, <laughs> quite frankly. Oh, and uh, James Murphy. Sorry. Graham, your turn. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were forgetting to mention someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I really do like this song. Like you said, it kind of... Uh, is more reminiscent of the rest of the album. It's not nearly as out there as Porno was. Hey. But I think I, I like it because it's the second to last song. It's kind of not winding the album down, but, you know, not in, like, a, the actual sound of the song, but more of, like, the album's coming to an end, so. Like kind of the climax of it or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, it follows up those three great-to-good songs. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't worry. I, I do like All porn. Right, I, I, I do can... like porn more than this song, but <gasps> I know what you're doing tonight. What am I doing tonight? Because he said that he likes porno more than this song, so he's not going to be listening. He's good. Never mind. <laughs> See, it's hard for you to make that joke after you proclaimed very loudly for everyone <laughs> to hear. I love porno, and I quote. But uh, anyway, we di- we digress. <laughs> and now for something completely different. <laughs> and I'm I'm not kidding about that. I know this is like a fan favorite song for a lot of people, which means with a heavy heart, I must award this my rotten egg for this album. Oh wait, is this really a fan favorite? Yeah. I think so. It was uh. def- it was one of the singles. It was oh. probably one of the biggest hits from this album, huh. if not the biggest. Yeah, I don't really see it as that, but yeah, not continue. You have more to I say. Don't see apparently. what the hubbub is about. Yeah, this is definitely an anthemic, inspirational song. The only problem is I do not like it. I get to <laughs> use another one of my favorite words now. This song is hackneyed oh, and oh, very oh. cliche. Um, Anthony, go on. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Um, there's this like whoa. And I'm like, that is so, like, typical pop. And, like, the entire chorus is probably my least favorite line on the album. Um, Scream, like, can we just work it out? Scream and shout till we work it out. Like, they they made an entire chorus out of scream and shout 
until we work it out. This is the band that it's... wrote In the Back Seat. <laughs> okay, okay, that's a very valid point. It's contrived. I, I, I've I, heard I, this a million times before. It, Next. I don't necessarily disagree with Ryan. It's just I liked it, but it's not. I don't, I'm not going to fight over that. So, Ryan, have you said what your favorite song was yet? Yeah, it was We Exist. You don't remember That's that? That's correct. I oh. thought it was going to be this one coming into this. I thought it was going to be Super Symmetry. Oh, you, you thought. You thought wrong. You thought wrong. Um, okay, I'm going to get get it out of the way. I think this song is too long. <laughs> Fair assessment honestly, for an 11-minute song honestly, uh-huh. in I general. Think I love, in general. I love Mr. <clears throat> James Murphy. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure he was involved in like two songs on I, his I, album. I, it doesn't matter. They have. It's called James. James Murphy credit for everything. Was, his his stuff was his influence was it, contagious. Secondhand actually, James Murphy. It's actually reflected by oh, James Murphy. It was just Arcade Fire. <laughs> anyway, the, I I kind of think this was maybe Arcade Fire's homage to um, forty five thirty three. Just it was so long and kind of dragged on. Like I could have honestly been done with the song at the five and a half mark. Um, I do really, I did really like the ambientness of the song. That was pretty interesting, pretty innovative for them. Um, I don't know, it's, it's average, I guess. I didn't dislike it, but it's I, for a song that is as average as it is. It didn't need to be freaking eleven minutes long. <laughs> it's a good closer though. The progression was good. The lyrics were eh. good. All right. Well, I find myself torn with this song because on the one hand, I like that it's so long. I like that it's just like you're going to listen to this song, you're going to finish this album, you're going to like it, damn it. But on the one hand, on the other hand, I'm like... I guess we get one per episode. (laughs) Hey, that's a a fine word. That's a PG word. I'm allowed. Yeah, I guess. You are allowed. Anyways, on the other hand, it's like I've already listened to a double album. I just want to kind of go home now, guys. But there are parts of the song that I really do like. Uh, I think the uh, first, like you said, first five minutes are probably the strongest. But I don't think that discredits the later half of it. While not as strong, it does kind of drag on and on and pad out what's already a very long album that probably should have been condensed. But I'm also kind of a sucker for very long songs, just for the hell of it. I don't know that one. Oh, I'll play. I'll play <laughs> for you, you sometime before you watch the porn, right? <laughs> man, we have a busy schedule tonight. <laughs> oh man, I <laughs> hell, can't believe hell this. and porn aside. <laughs> what are your so, thoughts? So, um, as Preston correctly guessed, I do think this is a very good song. Um, as we know, the actual body of the song is kind of only the first half, like the mm-hmm. first six minutes, which is a longish song. It's kind of on the upper edge of being a normal length of a song. It ends very quietly with, the last time I can say this, lots of bleep bloop. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Bleep bloop. There you go. Okay, it's really beautiful. See, it wasn't the last time. It's another favorite of mine. Um, I like that when and Regine are singing together, and after, um, again, seeing this live, when uh, Wynn and Regine, like Regine is behind the audience um, singing, and Wynn is on the stage, and it's kind of symmetrical, so I... Uh, think that they're like symmetrical counterparts in singing the same thing for most of the song and i love the part where it starts building up adding more electronic strings percussion um it just gets louder for a couple minutes until it completely fades out and then of course there's the um 
electronic noise for the last six minutes to close out the album, which I think is kind of nice. Like, like all the machines are turning on at once, even if it might be a little bit anticlimactic, but I think it's just a nice, I think I said this the last time, Mm -hmm. uh, but a nice tag. You're it. (laughs) And uh, that closes out the going over the songs portion of this podcast. Um, so, just as a summary of Reflector by Arcade Fire, Preston, would you recommend this album to a friend? No. <clears throat> However, that's not that's a soft no, because here's the thing. <laughs> if, if I wanted someone to listen to Arcade Fire, I would not have them listen to this. I'd have them listen to The Suburbs... Funeral, quite frankly, Neon Bible. Probably the probably Funeral first, cause, just because it was such an innovative album. And it's kind of what you have to listen to, because it was, you know, everyone who is into indie rock loves Funeral. Deservedly so. It's a great album. So if someone is trying to get into Arcade Fire, I would not recommend this. Um, and if someone wanted to get into dance pop, which I think, or dance rock, I think this, frankly, wouldn't, wouldn't cut the cheese, essentially. Um, isn't that like slang for farting or something? I was gonna say I don't think that this isn't a fart. Only, only here comes the nighttime. Two is. Man. Oh, stop it! <laughs> Come on, um, we moved past this, Preston. <laughs> We're back on good terms with each other. All right, all right, all right. Um, however, if someone loves Arcade Fire, which I think I do, I know Ryan does. I think Graham, you do. Yeah. Okay. Then of course they have to, they should listen to this. So it's not that it's not that I think it's a bad album because it's not. It's just it really doesn't stand out. Honestly, I think in Arcade Fire's mind it stands out because it's more upbeat and more danceable than previous stuff. But when compared to other dance rock albums, this really doesn't cut the cheese. Again, I do not think that you, I don't think I, you should be using that. Yeah, I've never heard used in that context. I mean, never mind. Go on. <laughs> Uh, okay, would I recommend this? I think I definitely would. Because Aww. when I first, going into this, I didn't think I'd like it as much as I did other Arcade Fire albums. And while I do think it's a bit too long for its own good, there was some really good stuff on here. And I think it's, you know, themes of loneliness and isolation in this uh, digital age are really... I've heard those themes before. <laughs> I think they're really conveyed very well uh, through the music, through the instrumentation, and... Well, obviously through the lyrics, but it's overall a very enjoyable album. Yeah, it might take some people a bit of time to get through it all because there's a lot there. There's a lot to take in. But I would definitely, I'd definitely, you know, tell someone to listen to this. Yeah, I would, um, I would recommend this album, but it's a soft yes. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. I uh, definitely wouldn't recommend this be the first Arcade Fire album you listen to unless you're like, super into New Order and other, like, 80s electronic music. Um, I think you should listen to Funeral first. I, I honestly, uh-huh. I would have picked that album for this week, but I would have had to spend hours singing its praises. <laughs> it would have probably just been me and Ryan saying how much we love it and Preston saying, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> album. It's just not my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd well, have to do a double podcast. <laughs> so much, like, like, I don't know. It's just amazing. All right, all right, all right. I'll talk about it some other time. (laughs) But Reflector has a lot of good things on it. If you have become an Arcade Fire fan, I think you should definitely dig into it. There's a lot that you'll enjoy. But you should listen to one of the first three albums first. Um, Preach. 
<laughs> now we have buried that in the past. What else have you guys been listening to this week? Oh, so this has been getting a lot of play around the water cooler that is indie rock. But <laughs> I have been really loving The Blue Swell by Beverly, like the Brooklyn-based kind of, I guess, more indie dream pop, would you say? Um, I would, but I haven't listened to the whole thing oh, yet. Oh, right. It's I definitely have, on my list I have an by assignment the end of the year. for you. It is, it's really good. It, I really like yeah, it. Yeah, I've gotten recommendations from that it from sounds our like very lovely friend Jacob, too. It sounds like very <laughs> sophisticated Best Coast. Um except not quite as and it sounded very very obvious but not as california not as not as oh look at the blue skies and the ocean but it's so good it's her voice is it just california rocks. nice right. uh, red hot chili peppers reference <laughs> shut up <laughs> you want me to get mad again tonight guys we like each other graham graham uh, okay so i've been listening to uh, a lot of the works by uh game composer akira yamamoka Ah, uh, cool. His, me in, man. Mo- most of his work has been uh, like musical scores for video games, most notably uh, for Silent Hill 1, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, but I've mostly been listening to <coughs> the soundtracks for Silent Hill 2 and Silent Hill 3, mainly because I wanted to l- listen to them over like Halloween, but I never got around to it, so I'm kind of doing that now. And it, I don't know, because Silent Hill is a horror game. They're usually, the first three definitely are super acclaimed for. Uh, being great atmospherically and storytelling mm-hmm. wise, and the music definitely reflects that. It goes along well with the themes, but uh, unlike a lot of video game music, a lot of the songs off both those albums uh, have lyrics to them, which is kind of interesting because the lyricism is sung very beautifully by a woman. So it kind of a woman. It, <laughs> it's just it's very beautiful and. Can, contrast to these, you know, darker, brooding, right. doom-filled pieces. It's very nice. If you like spooky music, I definitely suggest you check them out. All right, well, <laughs> I... <laughs> I do like spooky music, so, Me you know. Too. Um, well, because I had this music theory project due today, I've been listening to uh, Mozart's String Quartet Number no. 21 in <laughs> D major. Brian's um, the classy one here. Yeah, well. I was going to say. Yeah, it's whatever. Um, At least we can celebrate So, because of that, I haven't had too much time to listen to too much else other than Reflector. But I've been listening to a little bit of Leonard Cohen. May he rest in peace. I never listened to a full album by him before, except for, well, I'm not going to go into that. Um, Wait, weren't you in the car that one time with me and Jacob when we drove to... uh, Yeah, okay, I looked up... (laughs) What like on rate your music? I looked up what was one? rated as the worst Leonard Cohen album, <laughs> and that was Dear Heather. So we put that in, and it wasn't that good. I don't know what I expected. <laughs> um, Kids. And um, I listened to the new Sleigh Bells album. I'm pretty. Oh big really? Fan of them. What do you? I haven't got a chance to listen to that. So you said it's definitely fan. different. I definitely need some more listens to figure out what I think of it. Because there's some stuff I definitely like, and I feel like the other ones might grow on me, but I don't know. And other than that, I've been listening to some Rage Against the Machine. I don't know why. I <laughs> why just not? needed some political protest music for no particular reason. Um, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> well, anyway, um, we've done the past, we've done the present. Um, Preston, what do we have to look forward to next week? Well, next week. Next oh week boy. is Thanksgiving. Oh, boy. You got turkey. You got pie. Oh, oh. Okay. If some of you like football, I guess there's a 
that. We're listening to American football, aren't we? <laughs> that's my guess. Dang oh, hey. Graham. Woo. Okay, seriously, Graham, that's not your guess. Um, Why not? Because <laughs> it's not realistic. And well, I mean, it's a, they're good. It's a good album. It, it is good. Well, yeah. depends which one, but. Maybe for the future. <laughs> so next week, it's my turn to host. Be afraid. Be very, very afraid. Oh, um, I've been afraid all week. Yeah. And I don't want to just tell you, Ryan and Graham, what we're listening to. I want you, you guys you to don't. guess. I, Ryan, I just guessed. That, no, better guess. Ryan, what's your guess? Um, Disturbed. <laughs> no. Okay, not Disturbed. Disturbed. Okay, the thing about Disturbed. <laughs> no, 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 no. We do, not have, we do not have time for disturbed. more tangents. Okay, fine. All right, all right. Is it seriously your guess? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have a guess. The okay. Naked and Famous. Ooh, nice, but no. Graham? Are you sure you want to hear my guess? Yes. You sure you don't want to accept American football as my guess? No. I'm going to guess uh, it's probably going to be the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, you said no more tangents. Uh, you said no more tangents. Do you know what a tangent is? I do. That's my guess. You told me to guess. <laughs> a horrible guess. Okay. One thing about the Red Hot no, Chili Peppers. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just right, tell us who right. we're listening to. <laughs> we're listening to. Plenty of time for that. Drum roll. My Modeling Career by Camera Obscura. Who? Camera Obscura. I don't think I've ever heard of them. Okay, what's the... We just talked about tangents. And, and that's all we have time for today. All right, thanks for coming back for another round of the Deadbeat Club. Come back next week to hear our thoughts on My Modeling Career by Camera Obscura. Bye. See you next time. Thanks, guys. Have a good night, y'all.